Welcome to another episode of Good Morning Camera, and we have a lot to talk about. In this show, we are going to talk about the brand new iPhones and what those cameras bring. I know a lot of people are going to be curious about that. But first, our first topic, well, actually, you know what? How rude of me. Anthony, my co-host, <laughs> my brother-in-arms here, how are you today? Doing well, my friend. Uh, if this uh, episode sounds a little extra juicy, maybe a little extra punchy, then you guys are going to have to stay tuned. For the creator draft picks, oh. our favorite portion of the show. Teasing is that, that a, a tease? Bit. Is it that is a tease? A, it is a tease. Stay tuned oh, for that goodness. because I got something good for you. So this is going to be a good episode. Uh, some stuff that, you know, I necessarily don't pay attention to, uh, but I was intrigued by a few things that we're going to talk about today. And yes. what are those things, Gadget? Yes, yes. So, I mean, yeah, creator draft picks, favorite part of the show. But first, we're going to start with the Canon EOS R3 because your boy went hands-on with this thing. We dropped a video on the Henry's channel with our first look. And um, I don't know how else to say it. This thing's a beast. Like, this thing's a beast. <laughs> and, you know, when we do these things, we try to find out mostly who is going to get the most value out of these cameras. Look, we're not trying to do clickbait. We're not trying to poke, you know, one hole in this thing and, and make an entire narrative about it. This camera is not for everyone, especially when you're looking at the price tag of 8000 Canadian dollars. It's not mm -hmm. for everyone. However, yeah. there's no denying that this camera brings so much to the table that a lot of professionals, working professionals in varying genres, will look at this thing as their next camera or maybe adding to their collection of cameras. So, I mean, I, I want to toss to you, what's, what's the question you got for me? Is there anything <laughs> you want me to know? And I'll kind of, you know, play a little tennis with you and... Share yeah, more about okay. this camera. Okay, I got something for you, Gadget, and I think a lot of people are kind of rattled about this online, and you can tell me if this is a big deal or not. Do all the major specs make up for the fact that this is a 24-megapixel camera? That's $8,000. Does it, does it make sense, you know? <laughs> yeah, I this whole megapixel narrative, and I, you know, uh, we were talking about some of the YouTube videos that dropped online <laughs> of people that don't have access to the camera and have been sharing their insights. Um, mm -hmm. In my opinion, you know, as someone that works in professional photography, that shoots for clients, shoots for covers, uh, also shoots a ton of music videos and all this kind of stuff, you know, this resolution thing is very attractive on paper. However, mm -hmm. there is a cost to this in terms of storage, bandwidth, speed, all that stuff. So there is sort of this plateauing that's going to happen. And at the end of the day, 24, 24 megapixels is plenty enough for many <laughs> professionals. Yeah. Would it be nice if this camera had 30? Yeah. Would it be nice if it had 50? Sure. But it's going to come at the expense of speed in terms of storage. And when I look at the R3, it is really meant for those people probably not me, but people that are shooting a lot of images. So when I go on, on a set now, you know, generally I try not to shoot a thousand images. Like we put a ton of time into pre-production and storyboarding and we try to get the shots pretty quickly. And it's not, you know, un, uncanny for me to just go in and maybe have 300 pictures after an eight hour day. we just try to be Easy. technical with it. Right. <laughs> yeah. But for someone that is capturing sports, for someone that is capturing a wedding, someone that may be shooting uh, you know, in, in my example, an entire fashion collection in one day, you know, those kinds of scenarios might mm -hmm. require a lot more dynamic uh, shooting and also a lot more shooting by volume where you'll come home with 2,000 to 3,000 images. And in those scenarios, okay, you got to also think, 
how many of those images are going to be really cropped in or blown up on a billboard. Exactly. Yeah, and honestly, uh, people make such a big deal out of this, but I find it so funny. Uh, back in the day, well, you know, this is early days of Anthony Jackson photography, <laughs> I was making massive prints out of the Fuji X-T10. And that was in, uh, what was it, 18 megapixels? Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. I was making huge prints. Like, I'm talking like five feet prints. Uh, like that, five feet tall uh, prints out of an 18 megapixel camera. I mean, if you just know what you're doing, man, you can you can make this work. I think 24 megapixels is definitely, it's more than enough. And, you know, if you are racking off 30 frames per second, uh, I loved, uh, you know, Peter McKinnon's reaction to the R3 where he was just like, holy smokes, I think I, th I just took like 300 photos and I, I didn't even have to do a thing. I think those were his, his, his exact words, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of freaking photos, man. Like that is, and if we're talking 50 maybe 45 megapixels that is just that's like too much you know and yeah, think about it's a lot event, to manage it's a lot it's to a, manage event photographers they're going to be shooting all almost all day you know some events like those those like f1 kind of race uh, race events those are long events right you could go almost all day and not have to change uh, your sd card i think that's a that's a pretty big plus uh, for for that type of shooter and they're probably transferring images over wi-fi too so uh, i think canon has really thought this one out and who it's really for yeah. Yeah. I, it's also, it's always a weird narrative and I'm not going to turn this into a, a like, Hey, positive vibes only. But if I can take a minute, <laughs> um, you know, there's always this narrative, especially from those that don't have hands on with the camera to sort of say, well, they didn't do this because this, well, mm -hmm. you, you don't know because you're not in the conversation. You're not in the engineering and R and D meetings to actually say what they're going to do in my yeah. conversations with them. It was finding that balance that was going to bring enough value and also speed for the client, for their intended customer, so that they can get the most out of this thing. And this thing delivers on that front. You got and more important than the resolution is the quality and mm -hmm. the sort of tonality to these images and what they actually can bring. And even more so, the color science, right? Yeah. Uh, I will say, you know, just to kind of end that part of this conversation, 24, plenty enough for most people. What about the backside illuminated stacked CMOS sensor? Because this was a conversation we actually had Fuji kind of teasing this in their X Summit that we were just talking about, right? So I, I personally, I was so surprised at like what a big difference like the that made in terms of capturing images and the hit rate uh, that you know you're you're able to gain focus and track that focus throughout the frame is absolutely insane. Canon, they were already doing a good job. I didn't think, you know, that they necessarily needed an upgrade in their auto-focusing system. But uh, talk to me a little bit about that gadget because I was I was completely shocked when I was seeing, like, the actual, like, hands-on, like, usage and, and YouTube videos about that. Uh, it was pretty impressive, don't you think? Yes, yes. Listen, and before I say anything, I have to say this. At no point... When I got this camera, did Canon tell me what I could or couldn't say? Okay, that's mm -hmm. number one. Number two, if you've been listening to the show, you know I'm pretty platform agnostic. I I use Fuji gear for my personal <laughs> stuff, but I see value in all platforms. And, you know, I, I don't try to uh, force people one way or the other, okay? So I like to consider myself pretty platform agnostic. 
That being said, this is by far the best autofocus complete system I have ever used. Period. End statement. If you want to go tit for tat with me on Twitter about this, let's go. But I'll tell you right now, <laughs> having used every sort of major brand and every flagship and everything in between, simply put, when you look at the complete offering, Canon, the EOS R3 wins out. And for me, that is because you have the sort of uh, expected where you can go, you know, single point or zone and it'll pick things up, especially in low light environments. It'll pick things up reliably. Mm-hmm. When you go into the sort of automatic modes of eye face detection, it just sticks to the subject. There isn't sort of this hesitation where it jumps between eyes. No, it'll pick an eye. It'll stay there unless you tell it otherwise. It'll pick a head of a person. It'll stay there and it'll, unless you move the arrow and, you know, pick someone else's face, I should say. And when you go beyond this, there's head tracking. And then mm-hmm. there's body tracking. So if you are tracking a dancer and you lose the eye, it's not all of a sudden going to have a panic attack. It's going to go, oh, well, there's the head, clearly. Oh, the head's kind of moving quickly. Well, there's the body. And it never hunts. Now you compound this with the animal eye and animal face detection. You compound this with the ability in the R3 to create your own focus zones and save them. So that means if you are capturing birds, you can essentially make your own zone that's kind of like a rectangle. And, you know, this, the, the, the sort of size of a bird's wingspan and treat that as a system and save that as a, as a system mm-hmm. you can always use. And on top of this, if you've seen our video on Henry's, there is now vehicle tracking for two and four wheeled vehicles, primarily in motorsports. And let me tell you, Anthony, it is flawless. It is. I brought someone on that shoots a lot of vehicles, that does a lot of promotional client work uh, for people that have, you know, fancy cars. And we did these tracking shots, these difficult shots. Because here's the thing. When you have a subject that's moving left to right in your frame, pretty easy to track. When you have something mm-hmm. coming towards you, trickier to track, much more challenging for the system. This guy was tracking this RSX that was driving toward us, you know, weaving out of traffic, and not once did it stutter. Not once did it hesitate. And in, yeah. it's it's that kind of story where, again, eye, face, head, body, animal, eye, face, and now vehicles, <laughs> it's simply the best, complete, most complete autofocus system on the market. And this is great for consumers. This is great for consumers. And if you're not a Canon shooter, this is great for you because this now sets the bar for other brands to respond. And that's what we want. Exactly. It's all about, you know, pushing forward or pushing the envelope, I guess, uh, in the camera world. And that's what's so exciting about the camera world right now is there's just so many good products out there uh, and they are becoming slightly cheaper and cheaper although this is not necessarily the cheapest camera out there but uh for what you get i have to say i am impressed with this camera if i was like a documentary um you know photojournalist or any kind of action sports uh you can't not look at the r3 Uh, and it's like a it's a slightly smaller 1dx camera if you're shooting with a 1dx right now you got to be looking at this and and start to maybe lick those lips a little bit you're like "Mm, okay okay r3 really it really comes back to you know what you do for a living because again we're talking about an eight thousand dollar camera it's simply Mm -hmm. not for everyone Um, but if you are someone that is doing you know journalism for a living someone that is doing documentary work for a living, someone that is a working professional in sports. If you shoot a good amount of weddings, you know, you're booked for the season. Um, yeah. Like like this paired with an R5, what, what a pairing. What mm-hmm. a pairing, right? So 
again, it's not a camera for everyone, but I have to say, and listen, as much as Canon would love for me, someone like me to shoot Canon, I don't. <laughs> I'm going to just say it. Listen, uh, unapologetically, this is one of the most uh, attractive and powerful and robust cameras, mirrorless cameras that you can look at right now for, you know, if you are a working professional. A hundred percent. Now let's flip over to something like that's just like the complete opposite uh, of the <laughs> spectrum here, because our next topic, uh, what what what's going on with Apple gadget? Yes. What is yes. what's happening here? <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, it's that time of year. Apple had their iPhone events. They announced a couple of things and mainly it's the iPhone. Everyone wants to know what's going to be the new iPhone. And, you know, there is this sort of point of diminishing, diminishing returns where the new iPhones don't seem as impressive as the last one. And, you know, it doesn't have that shock factor. But, you know, I thought we'd talk about this because there are some cool things about this. You know, mm -hmm. when we're looking at the iPhone 13 Pro, that's sort of like, you know, their ceiling camera now. Um, what stuck out to me is that there are some improvements to the low light capability. There's improvements to how much you can uh, focus in low light. There's improvements to the overall portrait mode and how much you can zoom and all that kind of stuff, which mm -hmm. is also fantastic. There's also now a macro mode, which is really interesting, you know, not just for photos, but also for videos, being able to put your iPhone so close up to an object and being able to capture it, right? I'm, I'm really excited to test out how these things work. Mm -hmm. What I really want to talk about, and maybe this is part of a larger conversation, um, is the new cinematic mode. <laughs> and mm -hmm. this is getting a lot of <laughs> attention online. So what Apple has done is they've introduced a new mode where you record 1080p video. It's not available in 4K, unfortunately. But mm -hmm. what it will do is record the metadata so you can selectively focus on subjects. So if you have two people that are spread apart and you're shooting video, you can focus on the person in front of you and then later go in and shift the focus to the person behind and blur mm -hmm. out the person in the front. This is pretty damn cool. Now, there are limitations because it is 1080p and sorry, 1080 at 30 frames per second. Um, mm -hmm. there, there, it isn't going to give you as many robust features as their normal, typical 4k video recording options and that kind of stuff. But I have to say, despite Apple calling this cinematic mode, even though it's just, you know, focus shifting, uh, or racking focus, I should say it, it is pretty cool to see this in a mobile device. I'm curious to hear like you kind of being a little bit outside removed of the Apple sort of news and tech bubble. How do you sort of perceive this stuff? Yeah, so I I am always like skeptical about Apple Apple promotions because they aren't always tested in like real world environments. You know those like those those promos are probably like they're super controlled. Like the the set that they built this like mini movie on that was probably like <laughs> oh my gosh! Like they probably had like forty people working on on that one little like scene there, right? So I'm always a little bit skeptical. One thing that I did notice just from the footage that we were uh, I was kind of seeing there uh, is there isn't any focus breathing uh, because the lens uh, when it shifts from focusing on one subject to another, it's doing it essentially digitally. So I thought that actually looked like quite good. Uh, I was I was surprised uh, when I was looking at some of the footage, uh, and I think you know creators are going to be pretty hyped about this. But the average iPhone user, they might like shrug this off and and uh, not necessarily be too 
too uh, excited about it. Uh, yeah. I think the focus breathing is huge, uh, and I still think there is a little bit of haze around the images where it was trying to like blur, but uh, not as much as before. Um, you know, my girlfriend has yeah. the 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 iPhone 12, and uh, you know, it's it's pretty slick and what it can do. Um, and I think if you're just in the camera camp, then like these things kind of get passed by you. But I yeah. think starting now, we may actually need to pay more attention to these because uh, that little mini movie that Apple made was actually, it looked pretty slick and that was all filmed on the iPhone 13 Pro, right? So yeah, insane. Yeah, yeah. It's this constant thing where Apple's always going to bring in a director and a full-on team and the best lighting <laughs> yeah. and shoot these amazing, you know, adverts for these features. And the mm -hmm. reality is, most people are not going to do that. And if you're in a field where you can afford that entire setup, well, you're going to opt for just an actual cinema camera <laughs> or you yeah, know, something yeah, exactly. significantly uh, more specified, I should say. Um, that being said, what's what's what I what I see the value in and why I'm not such a downer on these things as some personalities on the internet is. You take these features and you democratize these features and you give it to the average person. And it's more about capturing their lives and their mm -hmm. moments. And I'm just thinking about, you know, people that might have kids or pets or that kind of thing and just telling more interesting memories with these sort of techniques. And the other mm -hmm. thing is memes. Like I'm just imagining the memes that you can capture <laughs> when you can dramatically rack focus between two subjects. Like I feel like there's going to be a lot of these interesting <laughs> memes that come out of this kind of stuff. It's one of these things where, you know, Apple announces this thing and it's often announced with such hyperbole that it permeates the tech bubble into the sort of, you know, regular lay consumer, you know, so that they see it. They, that's why they mm -hmm. make it so hyped up. And as a result, you'll see a lot of passionate people that are in this space kind of push back against the hype a little bit. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, I think that this is great. I think that it's cool. I think it's going to get better over time. And I think... For the average person that has an aging phone that is looking to upgrade, you know, using something like this might be a gimmick for a couple of days, but it might get you that one memory or moment that you look back on and it's like, oh, this was just incredibly worth it. Now, enough <laughs> yeah. about Apple. It's time for my favorite part of the show. It's time for my favorite part of the show. You guys know let's, this. It's time for it. creator draft picks. Anthony, I'm going to let you go first this time. Okay, um, so my creator draft pick this week uh, is something that is definitely going to help out you and I, Gadget, because like I got this and I've seen these online and I was just like, is this really going to make that big of a difference? Uh, I was looking at a cloud lifter online and I was like, are they super, are they necessary? They're kind of expensive, like for this tiny little box uh, and with one XLR port, I think it costs like 200 and like 30 bucks or something like that. Uh, and I was like, all right, you know what? I'm just gonna throw some money at this and if it makes a big difference, then cool. If not, I'm not gonna be super rattled about it. So I tried this thing out, okay? I got it hooked up to the PodTrack P4 right now. And the PodTrack P4, it has a pretty good preamp, like surprisingly good preamp. So you're able to boost the volume but not introduce a, a terrible amount of noise. Normally when I'm recording this podcast here, I'm using the PodTrack P4 at about 60% power. When I plug in the cloud lifter and then plug that uh, into the microphone and then the other end goes into the PodTrack P4, I am now using the, the PodTrack P4 at 30% power. 
but it's giving me the same volume, the, the the same amount of volume that I would normally have without the cloud lifter, but I would have to boost that volume 60% or 50% higher, right? So uh. let me dumb this down for everybody even further because it does get kind of confusing. So in uh, essentially what this does is boost the power of your microphone and allow you to turn down the gain or like the volume on your recorder uh, because when you turn up the gain or volume on your recorder, uh, you're introducing like a little bit of a hiss into your audio, right? So now if I go like dead silent and stop talking, I should, it should pretty much cut out all noise. And actually today I'm even recording in a, in a room that I normally wouldn't record in. I'm at one of the Henry's locations here. Uh, and this room isn't necessarily what I would call ideal, uh, but we should get pretty solid audio quality because I'm using that cloud lifter and then the pod track before is only at 30% power. Now, I also use the VR1HD and it's a it's a video switcher uh, and this thing is not uh, very powerful in terms of the preamps. So uh, the difference that the cloud lifter made for the VR1HD was actually pretty insane. So I had to go into the menu turn down the digital gain, and then cut my volume knob down by another 15%. Uh, and sometimes I would still even clip depending on the microphone that I was using. Uh, so uh, Cloudlifter, uh, that is the actual brand. That's what it's called. And it's okay, just okay. a generic uh, tool that is people just call everything uh, that does this sort of thing a cloud lifter now. But uh, it has made such a big difference on the VR1 HD and a pretty surprising difference on the PodTrack P4 too. So got to look this up, Gadget, especially you and I. Uh, this is this is a tool for us and anybody who is doing podcasting. I think it's uh, actually hey. might be as essential. <laughs> somehow I got to come to these recordings with some money in my wallet. You know what I mean? I feel like every single time we do this, Anthony, you're making me spend money. I, yeah. I, 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 but hey, bringing me value. So I'm conflicted. I don't know what to feel, but I know what I feel about our next pick. And that is joy. You like that segue there? You like that segue? Um, smooth, my smooth. pick is something that got sent to me recently. It is the Hollyland Mars 400S Pro. And I'm very cognizant about recommending things that, you know, vendors might send to me. But this one has brought me a ton of value. And I think, and here's the thing, I, I, it got subtly mentioned, or not mentioned, but shown in our Canon video as well. <laughs> what this does is quite simply take a video feed from one camera and then send it to its transmitter that you can plug into a monitor, into a display. And it works. It works very well. It works indoor environments, outdoor environments. It has pretty damn good range to it. I've been using it for the last, you know, two weeks or so. And I'm constantly, I don't know why, but I'm still impressed by it. You know, it has this ability to send 1080p footage, 30p, 60p footage wirelessly so that, you know, if I'm recording from my camera, my photo camera, what my camera is seeing. I can wirelessly send that to a Ninja recorder and that recorder can see the footage and even record the footage as, as the name implies. Um, okay. Another thing that might be valuable for this is that, and this is, you know, I got this from my buddy, Patrick uh, Tommaso. He, you know, said like, if he has clients on set, he can plug it up. And so they see what he sees without getting in the way, right? That's key. And just having this key. as a monitor experience. Now, this, while not intend, intended for a photography world, 
works really good in a photography world. And I'm also thinking about, you know, what, from, from my YouTube channel, this is great to capture additional footage. I can very easily just have this mounted on top of my flash trigger, have this plugged in, and yeah, it makes it a little bit cumbersome, but I'm, you know, shooting, I'm shooting, and now there's another recorder capturing what I'm seeing that I can use. So if you're a creator, what a great tool to have. Now, really, this is meant for video. So when I had this to my red Komodo now, I am now capturing footage and now the client has this transmitter hooked up to a monitor where they can see essentially what I'm recording, what I'm capturing. And that's what it does. It does it really well. It's the Hollyland Mars 400S Pro. Uh, fantastic things. It runs off NP batteries. I got some smaller ones. Really slick device. And that is my pick of the week, sir. You know what? That's actually really that's a really smart tool to have, especially for the work that you do, because, you know, sometimes it is all about the client. And I actually worked with a photographer before and videographer before, uh, and he used to do something like this. Uh, but make sure that the client has a monitor in their hand always so that way they can see what's going on. And yep. it actually made such a big difference in just like the overall experience for the client. Uh, so very that's that's actually key that is that's a key device if you're working in that kind of commercial environment uh, you got to pay attention to that for sure and that's why you stay tuned and listen to the good morning camera podcast yes gadget take us away this this yes. is pretty much it <laughs> yes thank you all for listening as always if you love the show please do leave us a review on itunes if you're listening there and if you're not listening there well at the very least tell your camera friends about the show because we are trying to grow this thing and we appreciate all of you that have been joining us for this ride as always my name is gadget his name's anthony and we'll see you next time <laughs>